blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Your hosts, Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no holds barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees. I'm your host, John Spees. And today we have two hosts of the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast going head to head in nostalgic trivia. Though this trivia is only 10% sports, can they cross over? From sports to pop culture like The Rock, like the Super Bowl shuffle, and like the perfection that is Shaq Fu de return. In one corner is a man who's living his life hard from 8 p.m. to 11 o'clock. That time slot is peak for him. He's top quality, and his Nielsen ratings are sky high. It's Scott Primetime Grimes. Always in the primetime, Scott. Always. I'm like the Deion Sanders of the podcast community. That so I, you are. Welcome back to the show. I've always called you the Deion Sanders of the Beef Up <laughs> Network and of of, uh, of bench warmers and all that. Exactly. And that in that he promises to do one thing and then immediately leaves <laughs> to a better place. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much. I mean, I moved to L.A. I'm not moving to Colorado, though. No, no, no. All right, Scott, remind everybody about yourself. You've heard me on here before, guys. Um I'm one of the the co-hosts of the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. I also have a uh, a podcast called People Don't Forget that you can listen to that's all about nostalgia-based topics. Um, Look, I got to be honest. I don't have a good track record on this show. You guys know that. You've all listened to this. I've had my wins. I've had wins that were expunged from the record Mm. books. They never have it. According to exactly. I don't remember those at all. I've had surprise losses with people showing up that I didn't know were showing up. So it's it's been a roller coaster here. Honestly, I hate this show. I don't know why I'm here. I, I, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. You, this show is that girlfriend that you oh you break up with and you tell your friends that's it. I'm done this time. This this was the last time. I'm done. And then she shows up and buys you like concert tickets. And you're like, you know what? Maybe she's not so bad after all. Exactly. It'll be different this time. Yeah, obviously things will be different. She's changed. Oh, yeah. But I'm excited to be here. We are happy to have you. All right. We're also happy to have your opponent today. And he's been making heads roll from 1789 to 1977. This man is sharp. He's brutal. And he's as French as it comes. It's Mason the Guillotine. Mason Guillotine, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, this is my first time being on a podcast that's not the bench warmer. So I'm excited to be on. That is a massive honor. You've been on many, many Benchwarmers episodes, uh, but having your first trivia and other podcasts to be a throwback trivia takedown, that is quite the special event. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yep. So I am another host of the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Um, I am a math teacher from Baton Rouge. So that's what I get to do on my day to day. And we just finished the semester not too long ago. So it's nice to be off and not have to worry about all the stuff that goes with that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Like I said, I enjoyed the show for a while and I'm glad to finally be on for once. Very good. We are happy to have you. Now, everybody, let's learn some rules. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. 
And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants, but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, as usual, I want to get to know Mason and Scott just a little bit better. And I know everybody asks you guys sports questions, eh, so I'm going to do the same thing. It's sports questions. All right. What is the best live sporting event you've ever been to? You saw it, you saw it in person. What was the like the one that made the biggest impact in your life? It's, it's easy for me. So, huh? and and I probably won't win. So I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> we have established you never win, Scott. Because mine was a wrestling show, of course. Oh, um, yeah, that makes sense. Of course, that's what it was. Um, it was a show in 2006. It was a you know one of their big pay per views in 2006 in Albany, New York, and I was there. Great seats. Don't know how we swung that. Don't remember because we we didn't have a lot of money, uh, but somehow we had pretty good seats. And um, it was the night my favorite wrestler of all time, Edge, won his first ever world championship. Um, and I lost my voice from screaming after that happened. And so that's not something you forget. And so I uh, I'll always go back to that one. Okay. All right. Well, I think I got mine. I had to think about. I haven't been to as many sporting events as I would have liked, but um, the the one that stood out for me. Um, this was about three years ago. Um, so I had the pleasure of being an LSU student while Joe Burrow um, was going on his absolute tear for the national championship. And my first date with my fiance was to the Texas A&M game, which is the last game of the year, which is when he came out in the the Burrow, the EAUX jersey at the end. And the crowd just went ballistic because everyone, I mean, we basically adopted him as a son here. Um, so it was just amazing to kind of see him come out in that and, the whole crowd was just amazing. It was a fun game to watch too. So um, definitely means a lot to me, not just for Joe Burrow, but also, yeah, it's my first date with my fiance. So it was really fun to, to be there and get to enjoy that experience. Okay. All right. I mean, All right, let him pick, let him pick his first category. Yeah. I mean, that, he, he has, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, he's got the, the, you know, the first date kind of thing going with it. College football. You've got wrestling and I do like wrestling. I actually have been to, I've been to a house show. I've never been to like a full pay-per-view live or anything like that. Um, I'm going to throw out my favorite live sporting event, which happens to also be college football, was when uh, UGA played Oklahoma at the Rose Bowl. And I can tell you, the atmosphere was unbelievable. Um, I was at the UGA Tennessee game this year, but even that massively dwarfed that that Rose Bowl with like there was a stealth bomber that that flew above it before. Like everything was just perfect. Um, and yeah, I got to go with my SEC brother on this one. I'm sorry, <laughs> Scott, you are correct. Mason, you're going to pick first. All right. What category do you want, sir? Go music. OK. Ooh, that's a good one. Scott, you know, Scott wants music. All right. We will start off in the 70s. OK. Hollenotes went too far with what hit in 1977. It became the first of their six number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100. Rich girl. She's a rich girl and she went too far. Yeah, it is rich girl. Good job. It right in my wheelhouse of music. This is 70s. I know. I, as soon as you said that, I was like, well, I don't get a chance to steal this one. 
All right, Scott, what category do you want? Really big Hall Oaks fan, by the way. I really enjoy their music. I think that I think that they're criminally underrated nowadays. Oh yeah, they kind of get so they do get easily kind of forgotten, but it is yeah every every like one of their hits is a is a banger. And everyone, it's one of those things that everybody knows it, whether you yep. care to admit it or not. You, yeah, you, you know uh, several Hall Oaks songs. I saw them. Um, I saw them live last year. They were very. It was a very good show. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think that's too. Their talent kind of ages well, right? Because mm-hmm. they they never did anything that was you know it was pretty simple and mm-hmm. so it's not something where that's going to diminish and so yeah. you know the longevity is there yeah i will take tv okay it's the 70s <laughs> all right all right we have a question from ian Schultze. running from 1974 to 84 happy days centered around the cunningham family and their tenant fonzie who lived over their garage what type of business did Howard Cunningham own? Wow. That's a great question. I haven't watched Happy Days since they used to show reruns when I was a kid. And the show was 20 years old then. Um, I was hoping you were asking for maybe character names I would have been able to do. I remember a, a diner, so I'm going to say he ran uh, some sort of diner. The diner is incorrect. Mason, can you steal? That's where I was thinking. Um, I was thinking of the uh, the Buddy Holly music video, <laughs> right? So I was thinking. So I was thinking of. Um, I don't know. Um, I guess a hotel. A hotel is incorrect. Now, Mr. Cunningham owned Cunningham's Hardware, the hardware store, and I believe uh, the son also, you know, would work there and whatnot. So, all right, no points awarded. We're back to Mason. News and politics. Okay. Ooh. Decade is the 80s. The 1987 coups of what island nation resulted in the overthrow of the elected government of Prime Minister Timoki Bavrada, or Bavadra, Timoki Bavadra, uh, the deposition of Queen Elizabeth II as their queen, and in the declaration of it as as a republic. Australia and New Zealand, the two nations with foremost political influence in the region, were somewhat disquieted by the event, but ultimately took no action to intervene. I can read that again. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I might need it. I, I was thinking one way and the second half changed my yep. thinking a little bit. Yes, okay. can you read it again, please. The 1987 coups of what island nation resulted in the overthrow of the elected government, uh, Prime Minister Timoki Bavadra, the deposition of Elizabeth II as their queen, and in the declaration of it as a republic. Australia and New Zealand, the two nations with the foremost political influence in the region, were somewhat disquieted by the event, but ultimately took no action to intervene. Okay. Can you spell the last name of the person? Okay. B-A-V-A-D-R-A. Okay. I'm going to go with my gut from the second half. I'm going to go Fiji. Fiji is correct. Wow. Good pull. I was not thinking there until you said the Australia New Zealand part, and that led me to that area because I was thinking somewhere completely differently. There you go. All right. Well, then I'm glad I added it. Okay. Scott, what would you like? Take toys and games. All right. Little toys and games. And we are staying in the 80s. Okay. Well, all right. In what video game, first released in 1986, would you play as vampire hunter Simon Belmont as he fights his way through Dac- Dracula's home to kill the legendary vampire? I always get these. 
random video game questions when it's toys and games. Uh, 86. Vampire Hunter. Hmm. That does not ring a bell. Um, I wasn't allowed to play Vampire Games in 1986 because I wasn't alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to go with uh, a wrong answer of Resident Evil. Resident Evil is a wrong answer. Mason, can you steal? Nope. I cannot. Um, uh, I'm just going to call it with a wrong answer. Let's go... Dracula 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Dracula 2 Electric Boogaloo is also incorrect. John, do you know this one? Absolutely. This was Castlevania. Castlevania. Yep. Classic vampire game. All right. Uh, Mason, we are back to you. We still have a good bit on the board between fashion, slang, sports, literature, and food. And movies. And movies. I'm going to take sports. Okay. Do you find it humorous? All all of the bench warmers that have been on this show, you guys like don't go straight for sports, you know, Let's unless you're doing a defensive move. I guess you do it enough. We don't want to humiliate. We don't want to humiliate ourselves right on the first. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. The decade is the '60s. Okay. <laughs> my God, I've had this one. I've had this one sitting in my. And I, I've listened to it. All right, there's. You'll you'll get this one. All right. Uh, Phil Esposito, of what original six team was the first NHL player to record 100 points in a season, doing so in 1969? Nice. <laughs> Giggity. Of course Scott would say that. I, I'm just preconditioned. Yeah. I mean, I know the name. It's just a matter of me pulling where I played because I don't care about hockey. So, um, Esposito. You made that reference on the podcast. I know. That's that's, that's why, why I laughed when I read. I was like, oh, yeah. it's this question. You should get it. Oh, my God. I should because I made the graphic for it, too. Um, <laughs> that makes it even more painful. Uh, um, why am I blanking on this? I feel dumb. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to stress myself out about the, the Bruins. Nonchalantly, the Bruins, and nonchalantly, you are correct. It is the Boston Bruins. I, literally, the graphics only thing that was in my head, trying to pull where that was the only thing I could think of. All right, Scott, what do you want to go? I'll go with food. Okay. It's the 80s. Invented in 1983. What novelty dessert consisted of a folded disc of waffle cone, reduced fat vanilla ice cream, artificially flavored fudge, peanuts, and milk chocolate coating? Klondike discontinued the item in 2022. Oh, I can. I think of the name. I can see it. I see the packaging. I see it in there. Oh, man. Um, I don't remember what they're called. Not one of my favorite Klondike uh, items, clearly. Um I'm not a big peanuts or nuts person in general, especially on my dessert. Um, it's gonna make a crew. I was gonna make a joke that would have been good for beef up, not for. I, I, I figured. <laughs> Thank you for not doing that. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh man, they called. I can't think of it, so I'm gonna say that they're called nut huggers. You are just teeing me up, buddy. Um, but I'm not going to. This is our family-friendly show. 
Uh, nut huggers is not correct. <laughs> Mason, can you steal? Did you read the ingredients again? Real of quick? course. I I well, make sure. Uh, consisted of a folded disc of waffle cone, reduced fat vanilla ice cream, artificially flavored fudge, peanuts, and a milk chocolate coating. Is that a choco taco? Choco taco is correct. That makes sense. <laughs> I was making sure you said folded over. I was like, that's what yeah. I imagined it would yep. be. So. Yep. They should really make a product called Nut Hugger. So. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a million dollar idea. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mason gets the steal. And <laughs> what category do you want? I'll take Literature. <laughs> literature coming at you. It's the 50s. Okay. What DC Silver Age villain was introduced in 1958? This incredibly intelligent alien uh, was arrogant, callow, and extremely dangerous. I prefer his later robotic look, but in any form, he was one of Superman's most perilous foes. I have no clue. Um, I don't even want to make a guess for fear of picking something that sounds really dumb. So I'm just going to pass very politely to Scott. And hopefully, <laughs> maybe he can get it. All right, Scott, can you steal? No, but I'm also not afraid to say something really dumb. So let me see what I've got in the chamber here. Um, Superman. I didn't want to offend anyone that if I pick a different brand, then just not even sound close to right. So a Marvel, Marvel character. Right. Yeah. Uh, So it's a Superman villain with a later robotic look. Oh, obviously it's Mr. Roboto. (laughs) Domo Arigato. (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Scotto. Um, Mr. Roboto is incorrect. John, can you steal? Or not steal. John, do you know it? <laughs> He's playing now? Yeah. He's got the same amount of points as I do, so yeah. he might as well be playing. I am pretty sure this is Brainiac. It is Brainiac. Brainiac, okay. All right. No points awarded for that one. Scott, we are back to you. Yeah, I'll go movies. Okay. Thank you. I, I I need to try to get some hopefully get some points on the board. Yeah. So. We're staying in the fifties. Oh, oh, wow. well, scratch that. <laughs> We've got a question from Chris Hasse. Thank you, Chris. The Mummy, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and the Invisible Man are some of the characters this famous comedic duo met in the series of nineteen fifties movies. Ooh, Abbott and Costello. Abbott and Costello is correct. Good job. Finally. All right. Mason, left we have fashion and slang. Which one do you want? Go slang. Okay. It's the 80s. What questionable Wendy's catchphrase may have seemed like just another shot fired in the war over burger sizes, but the phrase caught on and was heard all over in the 80s? Where's the beef? Where's the beef? That old lady. Yep, that is correct. Where's the beef? All right, we're going to leave fashion for Scott. And he gets the 90s. Okay. What company was founded in 1992 and now now draws the third largest footwear sales in the United States? Its early products were utility-style boots popular in grunge fashion. The company quickly expanded to include women and children with casual and athleisure styles. Wow, okay. Grunge boots. 
Could it be the first part there? I'm sorry. It was third largest. Yep. One company was founded in 1992 and now draws the third largest footwear sales in the United States. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think they were around in 92. Let's, I'm going to say, I think, oh man, the year's throwing me. Um, not sure I can narrow it down. So I don't want to take something off the board that might help him. So I'm just going to say Skechers. Skecher, Skechers, it's the S, is correct. Because it draws. Ooh. They're very muddled hint in there, but it draws the third largest oh. for Skechers. But you got it. Oh, Good job. That. I didn't think they were in the top three anymore, but glad that they still are. There you go. According to Wikipedia, yeah. they are. <laughs> so. And I don't double check after Wikipedia because <laughs> I'm a lazy. Scott has to sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't have that luxury. All right. That is the end of round one. John, where do we stand? All right. Mason's got a little bit of a lead. He has 52 Scott's 20. All right. A little bit of a comeback could happen, but we're going to we're not going to call it a comeback just yet. Uh, as Mason got to start off round one. Scott, you get a pick for Mason to start off round two. Let's go with movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, I figured that. I figured that. So no. that's fine. That's, that's the benefit of knowing your opponent. Yeah. I mean, everybody on the podcast knows I don't watch movies. So. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see what he knows about movies from the 60s. What 1960 film starred Laurence Olivier as a failing stage performer in an old-time music hall? His selfish exploits caused a rift when his family, including his daughter, played by the wonderful Joan Plowright... Uh, yeah, I said that kind of weird. His selfish exploits caused a rift within his family, including his daughter, played by the wonderful Joan Plowright. Billy Joel even wrote a song about it. Ooh, that might oh. be helpful. It's the part that's only going to lead me into it. Um, Billy Joel wrote a song about it. Could you read it again, please? What 1960 film starred Laurence Olivier as a failing stage performer in an old-time music hall? His selfish exploits caused a rift within his family, including his da his daughter, played by the wonderful Joan Plowright. Billy Joel even wrote a song about it. I'm glad you threw the Billy Joel part because I put it together. It's The Entertainer. The Entertainer is correct. And just so you know, that song has nothing to do with the entertainer the the movie like literally I they're not tied at all i, I just thought of that song <laughs> yeah <laughs> it has nothing to do with the movie but i was trying to find a way for someone who didn't know it to find a way into it so well, well thank you found I a way to have mason get a, a movie question <laughs> <laughs> it was go. a hidden music question i will take yes all right so, uh mason what do you want to give to scott um let's go fashion okay And it's the 2000s. Okay. What London-based women's wear label might be the greatest of all time? It was founded in 2001 as a small range of tailored separates and knits using cashmere, wool, and silk yarns. Celebrity clients of the label include the Duchess of, Duchess of Cambridge, Victoria Beckham, and Lana Del Rey. Scott's look. No, I don't know if there's a question that has resonated with me less. In the history I've been on this show. Um, sorry, I don't know what the Duchess has been wearing, you know, lately. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Um, trying to see if I can pick up anything from the question that might help. 
said something about Billy Joel in there, right? <laughs> that was the last question. <laughs> so the brand's not called Piano Man? Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, no, no. I won't go there. I really... This is what happens when you can't really talk it out, right? Because a lot of times, especially Mason and I, can really talk ourselves into some yep. answers on our other show. But here, you know, my talking only helps him potentially when I get it wrong. So it's kind of like, oh, all right. Um, London-based. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know this one. So I will say it's uh, – actually, you know what? I'm going to do the honorable Mason thing and pass. Okay. Okay. That's not the Scott I know, but okay. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I well shocked. <laughs> right, Mason. Well, so I can speak a little bit. Um, I'm just gonna have to go off of the greatest of all time thing because I don't know where else to go with this. Yeah, so, that's what I was also trying to do. Uh, I'm between two. I'm gonna go with the likelier one. I'm gonna go with Jordan. Jordan is incorrect so yeah you guys did obviously the hint being the greatest of all time it is simply called goat fashion or goat fashion limited okay Okay. i was thinking like is there like something with wool sheep (laughs) my other guess was gonna be gretzky okay (laughs) (laughs) i didn't think gretzky would be a popular london-based clothing brand but uh, all right. Uh, no points awarded. Scott, what do you want to give to Mason? Um, TV. Okay. I figured that was next. We're going way back to the fifties. What is the name of the dancing and singing amphibian that was the official mascot of the WB network? His first appearance was in an animated short released in 1955. Oh my God. I, I'm going to have to pull this from somewhere. I know I know the name of it. Uh, that's why I really want to say something out loud, but I can't because it's going to give Scott something. I'm okay if you do. <laughs> Scott kind of needs the help. No. <laughs> yes. I don't think you would name a frog goat. You know. Crazy things have happened. There's something really weird sticking out. I'm going to try it. It's named Michigan. I need you to be more specific. Oh my god! What? Why? Now I'm gonna. Have to... I don't know why that randomly just popped in my head. Now I'm gonna have to play it. More information, like a first and last name or something. <laughs> I was proud of myself for getting that. Um. Oh, oh, I got it. Okay, Michigan J Frog. Michigan J Frog is correct. Oh my, that's. <laughs> I, I first I was I was gonna say out loud I was like I know it's a state and I don't know why that was just a random <laughs> connection I had in my head and then I had to piece it together. That's okay. Sure. All right, Mason, what do you want to give to Scott? Oh. Let's go slang. Okay. Yeah, it's the two thousands. In the mid two thousands, whenever you found yourself in the midst of an uncomfortable or strange moment, you would interlock your hands one over the other, and poke your thumbs out and wiggle them. The gesture is believed to originally come from sign language. What's the question? What's it called? Oh. What is the gesture called? Sorry. 
What? Yeah. So what gesture is believed to originally become from sign language? I was Sorry. just listening along. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, yeah, yep, that sounds good. Uh -huh. I can do that. Sure. Thanks, sure. thanks for the in information. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, what is that called? I don't know that I ever knew it had an official name. Uh, twiddle your thumbs. Twiddle your thumbs is incorrect. Oh. Mason, can you steal? That's what I was going to say, because that's what that is. Um, so can you repeat the action? So it's interlocking yeah. your hands and then what? You would interlock your hands one over the other and poke your thumbs out and wiggle them. The gesture is believed to originally come from sign language. What is the gesture? This is something in the 2000s. I was alive during this whole decade. I, I, I know. Childhood. I'm like, totally your thumbs. There's no way that's a phrase. From the 2000s. Yeah, that's got to be older. That's Twiddle? way older than 2000s. Twitter your um, thumbs, maybe in the 2000s. <laughs> Yes, Twitter thumbs. Um, I I don't um, I, I don't know thumbing. <laughs> thumbing. Uh, that is incorrect. <laughs> um, John, do you know this sign language slang? I'm trying to remember the whole thing. Um, I had students who who did this, and actually a friend of mine. I, it's it's something turtle. Yeah. It's called the awkward, uh, awkward turtle. turtle. Awkward okay. turtle. So it's uh, not how I was imagining interlocking my hands. Not yeah, like exactly. One over the other is how it's oh, done. Okay. Yeah, not, yeah. not you guys. I, I know you like guys this. do. This. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now so, I remember. Yeah. No. Yeah. The the weird kids in lunch would do that. Now I remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I vaguely remember that too. But shout out to all the weirdos <laughs> in lunch that now make way more money than I ever will. So shout out <laughs> yeah. to you guys. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, John. Where are we at? Uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I think Scott's picking for Mason. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Uh, left, we have music, news and politics, toys and games, sports, literature, and food. Scott, what do you want to give to Mason? Toys and games. Okay. <laughs> He's getting the 50s again. Wow. A best-selling game of the early 1950s. Uh, what was released in conjunction with the Disney movie of the same name? Players raced to get to Neverland and back with a spinner that guided the way. Peter Pan. <laughs> Peter Pan is correct. That's it. Okay, I was, I was expecting like, more it? information. It's the easiest question that's ever been asked in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a trick question. That's why I was. I know. I was like for something else called Metallica. <laughs> Do-do-do-do-do, Mason, what does Scott get? That really didn't work. No. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Um, Food. Okay. And it's the 90s. What sizable and delicious McDonald's menu item was introduced in 1997? It was supposed to be McDonald's way of competing with Burger King's Whopper. This quarter-pound beef patty burger wasn't really distinct, so it only lasted on the menu until 2011. 2011? Ooh. It only lasted. That's a long time for some of these projects that they put in place. Um, hmm. Meant to compete with the Whopper. 2011. So, I mean, okay. All right, it's 2010. I'm going into a McDonald's. What's on the menu? It's one way to think about it. Right? I... I think I'm drawing a blank. Any any burger type thing I can think of 
was either discontinued way before 2011 or still on the menu. So there must be something I'm missing. I'm going to go with the Arch Deluxe, even though that was discontinued in like the year 2000, but maybe it's stuck around in one McDonald's, kind of like a blockbuster situation. So I'm going to say Arch Deluxe. The Arch Deluxe is incorrect. Mason, can you steal? That was going to be my answer. I had nothing else better. Um, I just remember the Shaq commercial for the Arch Deluxe when I was a kid. All right, well, I didn't, I didn't have anything better than that. Uh, I'm going to go with another thing that I think was a flop in the 90s. We'll go with the, the McDLT. The McDLT is also incorrect. It's got the hot on the hot side and the cool on the cool side. That was the McDLT. <laughs> right. Thank you, Jason Alexander, for that commercial. Uh, no, this one was called the Big and Tasty. The Big oh, and okay. Tasty. Yeah. I don't think I ever knew what it was because I never got it. No, no one ever. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't. It didn't have cheese on it, so I didn't get it. That, that could have been a milkshake for all I knew, big and tasty. <laughs> oh, well, no, because most of the ones are in New York, they, their McFlurry machine is broken. It's mysterious. always down, yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, so, Scott, you are providing a category back to Mason. Left, we have music, news and politics, sports, and literature. Literature. I don't want to give him any of them, uh, but I'll, I'll go literature. Okay. And he gets the 80s. Stephen King topped the New York Times bestseller list with 11 different novels in the 80s. But what heavy metal romance novelist had the second most with eight of her books doing so? Oh, okay. I got the reference. Danielle Steele. Danielle Steele is correct. Good job. She wasn't a heavy metal romance novel. She was a heavy that's metal what I was romance trying. novel. Right. That's I was, what I was like, like heavy metal romance. It, it, I, was like, what is... I think that's a new genre there, Adam. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you want to give back to Scott? Give him news and politics. Okay. You get the 90s. Okay. The Clintons had two pets at the White House during Bill's tenure as president. Buddy was a chocolate lab. What was the name of the black and white cat? I'm not even going to pretend like I know. So I'm going to say it was Monica. And Adam, <laughs> don't joke about the P word when it comes to cats and Monica, okay? I am not. I would never. This is an upstanding podcast. Woo. That All is right. my answer, though. Monica is incorrect. Mason, can you steal? I think the cat's name was Socks. Socks is correct. We're moving through. Scott, what do you want to give to Mason between music and sports? I want a music question, okay. so he gets sports. Okay. I'll, it's a win-win for me either way. <laughs> yeah. And he gets the 70s. All right. Winning five of the Spanish La Liga championships during the 70s, what team dominated the decade with players like Torino, Santaina, and Vicente del Bosque? And I butchered the pronunciations. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Well, glad Scott gave me this because he's so probably happy about it because I, yeah. <laughs> Read it again, please. I don't want. Yeah, sorry about having you read the name. Yeah, again, I know. But. I feel bad. Any uh, Spanish speaking listeners, I apologize. But uh, winning five of the Spanish La Liga championships during the 70s, what team dominated the decade with players like Torino, Santayana, 
and Vicente Vincente del Bosque or Bosque. Not sure. Okay, I'm just gonna name a Spanish team. I'll go Real Madrid. Real Madrid is correct. That is a Spanish <laughs> team. Of course it is. <laughs> name, yeah. name a Spanish soccer team. Yeah. That's all I had. All right, so we are gonna end with music for Scott. He gets the fifties. Yep, that's my advice. Okay. <laughs> and that? we're gonna take a trip to the throwback lounge. Yes, <laughs> yes I was waiting for I it. won't know it, but it'll be yeah. fun. So, Scott, I need you to name the artist of this nineteen fifty six number one hit with the following lyrics. Now the bell hops, tears keep flowing, and the desk clerk's dressed in black. Well, they've been so long on Lonely Street. Well, they'll never, they'll never look back. Hey, that's it. Oh man, that's the end of it. You're still dancing. <laughs> You're still dancing. He's like for the rest of the song. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought this was the full length version. Sorry. Um, I, I, I got to be honest. I was only half listening. I was just enjoying <laughs> myself in the lounge. Um, I'm gonna say Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley is correct. It was Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah, it sounded like it. Well done. The bellhop was the tip off for that. Yeah. That's <laughs> the only thing I had on that. It was the lonely. <laughs> uh, that too. There you go. All right. That is the end of round two. John, where do we stand? Well, unfortunately, Scott uh, could not uh, catch up there in round two. And we do have a little bit of a runaway. Mason has 110 and Scott has 30. You're telling me there are no penalty kicks? Like, what, what? what's happening? <laughs> no, there is no stoppage time. There is no any way uh, to <laughs> officially get back. But I do want to mention for Mason, just so you know, uh, you can't beat him. You can't actually really come all that close. But Eric Ede <laughs> has two of the top three highest scores we've had. He's got 280. He's also got 240, which is the third highest. And you can get 220. You can get Almost as close as Eric Ede. If that, I don't know if that's a point of pride for you, but that is potential. You can come back. You can go back to benchwarmers and be like, "Hey, Eric, I almost got I like almost twenty be- points away from like maybe your lowest <laughs> score almost, you've had. I almost, I almost got to your score. Not I, quite. <laughs> yeah, just think about that. I mean, that that might be uh, you know that might be something worth bragging about. So, all right, gentlemen, we do need to know what categories and decades are going to be going into the final round before you make your obviously massive wager, because it's got to happen, right? Uh, We are going to start with Mason, who is in the lead. What category would you like going in? News and politics. News and politics. Okay. It will be the 2000s. 2000s. Okay. And Mr. Grimes, what do you want going in? I like Mason, so I'll do both of us a favor and do music and hope that it's not the 60s, but it's... Please be 60s, please be 60s. (laughs) It is the 90s. Okay. All right. So I need the two of you to write down your wagers based on 2000s news and politics and 90s music. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good as well. All right, fantastic. We are going to start off in our 2000s news and politics question. We have a question by Will Boylan. Thank you, Will. Having first met at PayPal, Chad Hurley, Steve Steve Chen, and Jawed Kareem looked elsewhere and launched what website in 2005? It was eventually sold for $1.2 billion, and today its estimated worth is $180 billion. And your 90s music question... What 1965 song 
re-entered the UK charts in 1990. It spent four weeks at number one and became the best-selling single in the UK that year, thanks to its romantic use in the movie Ghost. All right. As our contestants are thinking about their answer, I'm going to make sure you guys all go out there and check out BeefUpNetwork.com. If you are listening to Blast From Our Past, if you're listening to People Don't Forget, if you're listening to anything, if you're listening to Benchwarmers, they're not part of the BeefUp Network yet. <laughs> but maybe, maybe I can coax them. Uh, but uh, make sure you guys check out BeefUpNetwork.com. Make sure you check out Benchwarmers. It's a great show. Obviously, I love it. I'm a patron. I'm a big fan of those guys. Uh, that's why I keep having them on. Love them. So uh, check out all podcasts. You know, just check out every podcast ever. How about that? All right. Gentlemen, do either of you need a question reread? I need the first one, please. Yeah. Okay. Then. Having met at PayPal, Chad Hurley, Steve Chen, and Jawed Kareem looked elsewhere and launched what website in 2005? It was eventually sold for $1.2 billion, and today its estimated worth is $180 billion. Okay. I have both my answers. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I love the confidence. <laughs> All right. All right, Scott, uh, as you were behind, we're going to start with you. What were your answers to our two questions? Uh, for 90s music, I would think that the pottery means that would be Unchained Melody. Uh, and then for the 2000s, I was trying to figure out if they met at PayPal, what sort of you know industry they're in and trying to figure out where that might lead them. So I went with GoFundMe. All right. And Mason. Yeah, I was right along with Scott for the second one. Um, Ghost kind of gave it away. It makes sense. That would be the Righteous Brothers Unchained Melody. Um, for the first one, I went off the year and just kind of thinking the name. For some reason, Steve Chen seemed familiar to me for some reason. Um, and so I went with YouTube. Okay. The 90s music question was Unchained Melody. Of course, that's super romantic ghost scene where... Uh, Dead Patrick Swayze and helps Demi Moore make pottery. It's wonderful. And the 2000s news and politics question. Having met at PayPal, Chad Hurley, Steve Chen, and Jod Kareem invented or uh, launched YouTube in 2005. So we have a chance for Mason to you get somewhat kind of close to Eric Eid. Maybe it all depends on your wager. Uh, first, we got to find out, Scott, what did you wager? Uh, 30, obviously. Obs. Obs go all in. And Mr. Mason. I wagered 49. 49. All right, John. Almost nice. Almost. <laughs> size us up and uh, let us know. All right. With a final score of 159 to zero, Mr. Mason is today's winner. Good job, Mason. Well done, sir. Woo! Champion of the day. Thank you. We appreciate both having or having both of you guys on as uh, a fun episode. It's always I always like having people who know each other. And so you can kind of do those digs and you can try to exactly pick like the uh, second half is always a little bit more interesting because you can pick categories that you're pretty sure that they're less uh, knowledgeable in. So, um, Scott, uh, you you unfortunately did not win the day. You're it's not a streak because you, you have one, uh, but <laughs> but. Um, unfortunately your, your ratio isn't as strong as you had wished, but, uh, remind everybody about, you know, anything you want to talk about. If you want to plug your fantastic podcast some more, anything like that. I have more throwback trivia takedown tournament wins than Mason. 
um, in our <laughs> that career. is correct. So, um, my honestly, my goal in this game, I had two goals coming in. One was to not play against Eric Eid, in which I'm going to be honest with you. Until Mason showed up on the screen, I thought was still a possibility. Possibility, um, because you know, knowing Eric, he would just put Mason on the because Mason jumped on the name was there, but he wasn't on on the camera yes. yet, and so I got worried. <laughs> for that to happen again that would um, be great. and then my second goal was to not lose by 160 and i didn't so <laughs> you know coming wow, what a the, specific goal i, yeah, I, I know i didn't know scott yeah crazy so um, <laughs> i always enjoy being on here except for when i'm facing eric Eid, but when i'm not it's usually a lot of fun especially when i face bench warmers name uh you know whose name starts with the letter m i particularly usually Tend to have a good time on here. And I always like hanging out with you guys, Adam and John. And I hope that I can, you know, get back on on the flagship, uh, you know, BFOP show because uh, we have a little bit, a, a different type of fun. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> on, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we've, we've one, so. talked about it. There's some stuff uh, upcoming probably hopefully yeah. in uh, later in 2023 we can get you on. Perfect. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So everyone, please, you know, continue to listen to all the shows on the BFOP network. Um, and then, you know, if you enjoyed the couple of sports questions here and, you know, the Phil Esposito and, and, and of it all, then go and listen to Mason and I and the aforementioned Eric Eid and a bunch of other gentlemen on the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we really appreciate the support and, you know, we try to have a good time. Please do all right. And Mason, anything you'd like to say? Scott took a lot of what I was going to say, but yeah, um, check out the bench warmers. A lot well, of you won, so I was just like, <laughs> let me at least like mm-hmm. contribute something to this. Thank you. Uh, okay, it's fair, but yeah, um, even if you're not a big sports fan, there's a lot of insanity that happens beyond just sports on our podcast. We've so. we moved into regular entertainment questions at halftime now, yeah. so there may be something in it for you. <laughs> yeah, so you just yeah, you want to get to that point? I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed it. Like I said, it's my first time being on a podcast that's not bench warmer so i enjoyed it a lot and it's nice to um, be against scott so we compete against each other in sports questions all the time but something a little bit different is very fun all right well it's awesome to have you both on if anybody needs like a stepping stone go over to the bench warmers trivia podcast find the episode that i hosted it's kind of a nice amalgam game it could ease you into the awesomeness that is bench warmers i of course recommend every single one of their stuff i listen to every episode i know so little about sports trivia these guys are gods to me when it comes to sports trivia it's very impressive what they do so uh, if you guys are ever wanting to up your sports trivia game absolutely check out bench warmers so all right everybody for john i'm adam and this was another episode of throwback trivia takedown thank you for listening to throwback trivia takedown if you want to support the podcast or if you'd like to be a contestant go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you if you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia.